Okay, if you would turn to Matthew chapter 1 tonight. Matthew chapter 1. And verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, took unto him his wife, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The title of the message tonight is Working Out the Purpose of God. Working out the purpose of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity that we have to open your precious word. And I pray, Father, tonight as we look into the word of God and consider this passage and that tells us about the birth of Christ. Help us to understand the circumstances that surround it and how you work out your purposes and your plans for your glory and for our good. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and honor. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, of course, this is a familiar account about uh, the birth of Christ. And if, if you would read or th- consider some of the things that are taught here uh, leading up to this account, uh, you would have, you would ha- consider that there's, Two people, or at least in this case, Joseph in particular. Joseph is a, is a godly man. Obviously, he's a godly man. One that's seeking to do the will of God. Uh, he's he's, he's uh, striving to do that which pleases the Lord in every area of his life. And yet, there comes this perplexing problem in his life. In verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. In other words, this is how it happened. When as his mother was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So here was a man, you picture it, here's a man, a godly man, who's doing it all right. You know, he was engaged to this virgin whom he thought was a virgin woman. Uh, you know, he believes that she's a, a virtuous, godly young lady. Uh, he's prepared for, prepared for himself and uh, for their marriage to provide for them and all this. They, you know, they've made plans. He's kept himself pure. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's done everything that is right and pleasing to the Lord. 
in preparation of this marriage, and yet with all this, he gets this devastating news. She's expecting. Now what would that do to you? It would turn your world upside down. You know, he had sought the will of God. He would believed it was the will of God for his life. This would be like a thunderbolt that would shatter his life. It's like a catastrophe that has struck. The lady who he's believed to be pure and holy, it seems, has betrayed him, has lied to him, has deceived him, is found with child, and he knows it's not his. It's impossible that it's his. Were you ever going through life, just seemed like everything was going just fine, and you thought you were just doing everything just right, and all of a sudden, something happens that turns your world upside down? You know, sometimes, sometimes God allows things into our lives to get our attention. To get our attention so that he can work out his purpose in us and not ours. I'm sure Joseph had plans. Now, I believe that Joseph's plans were, were good and righteous. The Bible calls him a just man, verse 19. And obviously, you know, the discipline of this man, he gives evidence that he was a just man. And so, he has this perplexing problem that, he, that comes into his life. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we, just, we have things that, that the Lord allows into our life to get our attention, to get our attention to focus on him and not on ourselves. And so, he has this perplexing problem. Now, but notice the second thing. I want you to consider his response. In verses 19 and 20, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Now, again, here was a man who in consideration to Mary, even though it has seemed that she has betrayed him, betrayed his, his trust, uh, and deceived him, it, you know, it, 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 it appears, you know, of course we know the whole story, so we know it's not true, but it appears to him that there's another man. That she has played the harlot. And so... In consideration of her, you know, him, him being a just man, not willing to make her a public example. He's not going to stand her up for scorn and ridicule. He's minded to put her away privately. Again, he's obedient here. He's showing his obedience and his discipline in obeying the word of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, Matthew 5, 31 and 32, it has been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. 
But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, save me for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that's divorced, committeth adultery. So, so here he is. She, it, it appears that she has committed fornication. So he is going to put her away or release her. From, you know, they were engaged. They were not married. But the, the understand that they, the espousal arrangement for the Jewish was, was a bond almost as strong as marriage. And it required a bill of divorcement to release one from that. And so that's what he did. That's what he was minded to do, the Bible says. You know, again, at this point, he didn't know, he did not know that the child was conceived of the Holy Ghost. And so, in consideration of her, you know, he was minded to put her, give her a bill of divorcement. But, but I want you to notice also his consideration to the Lord in verse 20. But while he thought on these things, you know, he, just didn't, he just didn't react in anger at her or just, just uh, lean on his own understanding I believe what we see here is a man who's seeking guidance from the Lord. Okay, how do, I, how do I respond to this? How do I respond to this in a right way? And he's seeking the wisdom of God. So while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So he, here, he, here he is, he, you know, he's not only considering Mary, but he's also considering what the Lord would have him to do. And so the Lord, because he's sensitive to the Lord and the Lord's will, God gives him specific instructions. You know, this is obviously a very unusual case. There was never one like this before, and there will never be another like it again. And you know, here, here's the thing. Joseph gets to be a part of it. But it doesn't come without a price. And I'll share that with you in a minute. But he's sensitive. See, he's considering, okay, Lord, what do I do? What is the best way I can handle this? For all parties involved. He isn't just thinking about himself. He's thinking about her and everyone else involved. There's parents involved. I'm sure there's parents involved. This could be a great public disgrace. But, But Joseph is willing to do right, willing to seek the Lord's wisdom in this, and so the Lord gives him direction concerning this thing that has been done. And of course, you know, the Bible, there's a principle in the Word of God. When we when when we obey God's word and act on the principles of God's word, God continues to give us more understanding or more light. We find that when Acts chapter 8, when the Ethiopian eunuch is receiving the, the scriptures, and he's, he's, he's trying to understand, he wants to know, and because he has a heart to know, God sends Philip along to explain Isaiah 53 to him. And of course, we see this with the, in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius, who, who is praying to God, seeking to know who God is, and God sends Peter to him and preaches the gospel to him. 
And so, and you know, the, the, the principle I want to bring out here is truth is not revealed to those who are not willing to obey it. We have to be willing to receive it. You know, Jesus used that phrase over, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And so when you have an ear that's open to God, seeking his wisdom and, and, and how to respond and react in every situation. And that's what Joseph did. So consider his response. Then I want you to notice the third thing. The declaration of the Savior. And of course we see this uh, two things here. Uh, first there's the declaration of the Savior by the angels. And then there's also the declaration of the Savior by Joseph. But first of all the, the declaration of the Savior. In 21 and 22 it says. Of course the angel is telling him this. She shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord, of the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So this is a declaration of the Savior from the angel. And the angel is telling him, look, Joseph, this isn't about you. This is about the scriptures. This is about the word of the Lord. This is, about, this is in fulfillment of the word of God that a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son. just happens to be your virgin. The virgin's a spouse to you. See, What is presented here to Joseph, and don't miss this, it was just seemingly a terrible heartbreak is an opportunity to bring glory to God. It's an opportunity. You know, Joseph, if Joseph would have not received the truth, of what the angel was giving him here, we wouldn't know the Joseph we know. God would have used someone else. You know, none of us are indispensable. I mean, if Moses wouldn't have led the children of Israel, God would have got somebody else. I mean, Moses isn't indispensable. When Moses passed, when Moses died, guess who did? Joshua did. If Joshua wouldn't have led the children of Israel, somebody else would have. We're not indispensable. But God wants to use us, and he brings things into our lives for, as opportunities for him to bring glory to himself through us. What seems like sometimes a tragedy or a catastrophe is an opportunity for God to glorify himself. Look at Psalms chapter 4. Psalms chapter 4. But to be a part of that requires faith in the Lord, obviously. Trusting that God knows what he's doing. Psalm 4 says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, 
How long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? The word leasing really means lying or falsehood. Selah. But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call on him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. So, ye sons of men, verse 2, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? You know, the children of Israel turned the glory of God into shame because instead of seeing the wilderness journeys and the trials and tests they face as opportunities for God to manifest Himself, they saw them as problems they could, they could not overcome. They saw the giants as people they could not defeat because they looked at themselves and not the Lord. Every time they came to a place and it says and there was no water to drink, you know what that is? Again, that's an opportunity for God to manifest himself. That's what it was. It's an opportunity for them to manifest their trust in the Lord and then God to manifest his glory by providing for their need. How many times, you look back on your own life, how many times has what seemed to be a catastrophe brought you to a place where you understood the blessing and the provision of God? You know, it has a way of bringing an end to ourselves. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12, Peter says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. You see, why did the nations around Israel that like the, Jericho, the place of Jericho, why, did they, why were they afraid of the Israelites? Because they had heard what God did in Egypt. They heard what God did at the Red Sea. They heard what God did you know, in all those places, how he defeated the, the, the Amalekites and, and so on. He heard of all those things, how he had provided for them in the wilderness. They heard of all that, how God had manifested his glory in those times of what seemed like a catastrophe. And, and the angel says, tells Joseph, look, this is, will bring about, it's going to bring forth a son, now shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from the sins. You see, this what seems like a catastrophe for you is going to bring about the glory of God manifested in the person of Jesus Christ and bring about the salvation of sinners. But I want to notice also the declaration of the Savior by Joseph. In verses 24 and 25 it says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, it isn't enough just for us to know what the Bible says. We have to act on it. And that's what Joseph's doing. Joseph is demonstrating 
to the Lord and to us that he believed what the angel said. He believed that God was working out his purposes in his life, even though it would bring reproach to him. It would cost him his reputation. Now you say, well, preacher, now why is that it? Why is that? You remember what the Pharisees said to Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 41? They said this, We be not born of fornication. So there were still rumors going around that Jesus was born as a child out of wedlock. You know, this wasn't announced. Although it's foretold in the scriptures in the Old Testament, not everybody in Israel in that day received news like Joseph did. And not everybody that even heard it chose to believe it. So Joseph lived the rest of his life with the thought that some people believed that his wife had played the harlot and he married her anyway. And so when it says that Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. That is, what this is saying is, this is, Joseph is declaring, look, I believe God and I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to do what God says. You know, Joseph would have been looked down upon by many, by the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees. It may have cost him some business at the carpenter shop. There may have been things said to his children. Think about it. You know, I have a relative that was a child born out of wedlock. But it was kind of, it was all hush-hush. His family lied about it. But even though they lied about it, there was always this, these rumors that were going around. But it was, he was... 19, 18, 19, before he actually knew the truth. And it was, you know, his grandmother tried to say that he was her child when it was, she was, he was actually her daughter's child. And so there was always these constant rumors, things being said, you know. You know, so there have been things been said to his children, even more so things said about his wife. I get this this would have been a great reproach to the to Joseph as a man. 
But it did not matter. And it did not matter what Jesus did. Even after you know he did great miracles, they were still saying it. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that just been a little, little hard to bear. But Joseph laid all those things aside for what was right. What was right. And, and what seemed to be an embarrassment, God turned to glory. You know, Joseph's attitude would have been Matthew chapter 10 and verses 32 and 33. Matthew 10, 33 and 33 where it says, Whosoever... Therefore shall confess me before men. Him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. You know, Luke chapter 9 verse 26 says, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my works, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. See, Joseph was not concerned with what other people said. He was concerned that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And he declared to the world that he believed what God said about his uh, bringing his son in the world and that he was the instrument through whom or to be the guardian of this child and of course to be through his wife that this this the savior would be born And so, you know, Joseph clearly declares that he believed God and he acted on it. But, again, this would have brought great reproach to him and himself that he would have borne all his life. But, you know, God has a way of turning ashes into beauty. You know, in Isaiah 61, Isaiah, we have a song or a hymn book about this, but it's not something, I don't know if we've ever sung it, but Isaiah 61 and verses uh, 3 and 4, I believe it is. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Of course, Isaiah 61 talks, 1 and, 1 and 2 talks about the coming of the Lord. And he's coming, verse 3 says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And so, what appears to be a terrible tragedy, God brings about... God brings about the greatest benefit the world has ever known. You see, we know now Joseph has been vindicated. We know the whole story, of course. Everyone knows, everyone knows what a great man of God Joseph was and is. He's still alive, by the way. He's in heaven. And that the grace and glory of God was demonstrated in his life, that God's purpose was worked out in his life. 
He allowed God's purpose to be worked out in his life, even though it brought great reproach and hardship into his life. I mean, think of what else he had to do. He had to flee the land of Israel for a while because he embraced God's purpose in his life. He had to flee to Egypt because Herod wanted to kill Jesus. So when I say it come, this, this obedience to the Lord and allowing God to work out his purpose in his life came at great cost to Joseph. Came at great cost. You know, the Bible says, he that saveth his life shall lose it. But he that loses his life shall find it. And so... Joseph allowed God's purpose to be worked out in his life. And we see, because he allowed that, everyone knows who Joseph is. Joseph has been vindicated, and, and through, uh, you know, through his, 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 uh, Life uh, and the part he had in, in, in providing for the means of bringing the Savior into the world has brought the greatest benefit that the world has ever known, the Savior. You know, sometimes things come into our lives that we see as great tragedies. You know, we need to allow God to work out his purpose in everything that he allows in our lives. And you may not know at the time what he's doing. You may not know. You know, probably when you get to heaven, if you talk to Joseph, probably he really didn't know fully understand when the angel appeared to him what all was going to happen and what great benefit he was going to have part in in giving us or being an instrument that was being used by the Lord to provide a home in which the Lord Jesus could be born. You know, they, often, they always say that people really don't know. You know, I've heard this set of presidents. He's never thought of as a great president until he's no longer president or he's dead. You know, it's, it's that way in, 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 uh, in the service of the Lord. Sometimes people really don't know and appreciate what may have been done or what they may have done or realize what they may have done until it's after it's all done. But Joseph allowed the Lord to work out his purpose in his life.
And so the question I ask you tonight is, are you allowing God to work out His purpose in your life? In each trial, in each situation, are you considerate of Him and what is His will in each situation and how that He may be glorified? You know, that's really what James chapter, two, or James chapter 1 and verse, first three verses are all about. Allowing Him to perfect us that we might, we might glorify Him in our lives. Allowing Him to work out His purposes and through us. After all, we are His ambassadors. We are His representatives. You're the only Bible some people are going to read. You're what they're going to see. You're what they're going to hear. Allow Him to work out His purpose.